Hello and welcome to Joplin Globe Candidate Casts. I'm Joe Hadsell, digital editor for The Globe, and the moderator of these interviews designed to give you a more detailed insight into the views and stances of people running for Joplin City Council on April 7. Think of this interview series like a forum. We asked each of the 11 candidates the same question. Then instead of a minute or two for each question, we gave them a pool of overall time for them to answer each question. The questions were developed with the help of Globe readers on Facebook and Twitter. Refer to the candidate cast page on JoplinGlobe.com to see the entire rules and guidelines we used to ensure that questions were asked fairly. In a nutshell, candidates were not allowed to see the questions in advance of their recording time. While we asked each candidate the same questions, the order of them was changed based on the conversation. Each candidate was given a general window of about 20 minutes to answer all of the questions. The interviews range in duration times. In some cases, candidates chose to use less of the time available. In other cases, we asked follow-up questions to ensure the main question was answered. The interviews are unedited, and we did not publish any of these podcasts until every candidate's interview was recorded. Anthony Montleon, 33, has worked as a video editor since 2012 and is currently with Leggett and Platt. Full disclosure, in 2017, he provided consultation services to the Globe in order to help us improve our video offerings. He has lived in Joplin for 24 years, the last six at his current address. Though he is an incumbent, he is not running for re-election. In 2018, he was appointed by the city council to fill the seat vacated by Josh Bard. He is running against Josh Shackles for a two-year seat on the council. All right. Hello, Anthony. I appreciate you coming in with all the other candidates. I've been explaining the tech that I'm using. Uh, fortunately, I don't have to do that with you. You could probably tell me more about this than I know about this rig that I'm using. I don't know about this exact rig you got set up, but it's a beautiful <laughs> rig. But yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 years in television broadcast and uh, marketing <laughs> and creative work. So yeah, this feels like home. Good deal. Yeah. I, I, this microphone is my baby. It's, I love uh, it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> so yeah. So you are running for the council seat that is the two-year general term. Correct. Um, tell me a little bit about, and you mentioned uh, TV production. What parts of your professional, or I'm sorry, I need to actually, yeah, before I get into it, I wanted to offer you the microphone. Uh, if you could introduce yourself to listeners here. Uh, yeah, tell us about you and uh, your background. Sure. Uh, my name's Anthony Motleon. Uh, I'm running for the two-year general seat. Um, I've been a resident of Joplin. I was born in Joplin at Oak Hill Hospital. Um, lived here the first 15 years of my life. I was in Carl Junction for a couple of years. Uh, went to school at Pittsburgh State University. Got the undergrad and the master's there. Go Gorillas. But also, it's Joplin. I love my Lions. Go Lions. <laughs> um, moved back in uh, 2011, right after the tornado. Um, rediscovered my love for my city as I was uh, uh, just got done with the master's degree. Had a few extra... Uh, months there in between jobs, spent a lot of time doing disaster recovery, knew that this is where I belonged, this is where my heart is, and I wanted to make a difference in the community. So since then, been working in uh, television and video work, and uh, in 2018, I, I threw my name in for consideration with the people and said, hey, I want to represent you and help continue to move this city forward. And okay. here we are now. Good deal. What was it uh, specifically that got you motivated or fired up to go through the process of running for council? Uh, good question. In in a Leading up into 2018, of course, we were having um, salary issues with our police and fire. There was some definite concerns there about our ability to continue to attract great people when cities like Pittsburgh and Carthage were offering comparable 
benefits, uh, we needed to step up our game. So that is what really got me fired up was the fact that we can afford to lose those people and see this city start to go backwards and becoming unsafe. Um, so that was my primary issue I ran on was fixing police and fire salaries. Uh, we're well underway with getting that solved. Um, then I was also concerned with just uh, fixing city processes to make it easy and fun to open a small business in town. Uh, small businesses are the backbone of America, and the more of those startups we can get in town, the better. Every Fortune 500 company started as a, start, a startup. You know, Apple, Hewlett Packard, those were garage businesses. Think of how, what we could build here in Joplin if we can just get the garage businesses to start up. So that's always fun. And of course, getting our budget absolutely under control, making sure that it's going to work 50 years, 100 years from now, because um, folks are living close to 100 years now. It's not uncommon to see people living 100 years. So we have to make sure that the promises we make for the services we're going to deliver, we can afford not only today, but 100 years from now. So that's a big commitment, and that's one I'm <laughs> excited to work on. All right. Let's go into law enforcement a little bit. The sure. first thing you mentioned there, uh, they ha those have been hot topics across the city for more than a couple of years mm -hmm. now. Um, how do you feel about the state of things uh, with those two departments, uh, especially as you've been working on them on the council now? And uh, what work do you think remains to be done? We are making progress. Um, solving the pension was a, was a big deal to allow us to free up funds to put towards salaries. And that also got us in a position where um, we're, we're having officers wanting to do those, those lateral moves where they're in another city that's already on the Missouri logger system and say, hey, I can move to Joplin, make more money, work for a larger department, and my retirement comes with me. Before, everyone was just locked in. Like, if you started in Joplin, sure, great, we got you. But moving was a big commitment. So we've made it easier for people to come in, and that's, uh, that's doing a good thing. Um, the work that remains to be done, we still promised, I made a promise, a commitment, and so did council, that we were going to work on salaries and get them up to a comparable level with, with our area cities. That way we don't continue to lose people to, to Springfield or Northwest Arkansas. That's the issue we're still working on right now. Um, we've got some uh, pay studies in the work. We've completed some before, but we're continuing to monitor that and seeing where we can go, how far we can get to uh, with, with these monies that we're freeing up due to the pension being resolved. Okay. Um, another you mentioned, thing you mentioned was uh, um, the economy, uh, mm -hmm. economic development. Uh, there are some business leaders that say that the city's economic prosperity hinges on our ability to attract and retain young, diverse, knowledge economy professionals mm -hmm. to our community. Do you agree with that sentiment? And whether you do or not, what's your path for economic development? Um, you know, for decades, Joplin's development hinged on manufacturing. Um, there's been a trend, unfortunately, nationally that's seen a lot of manufacturing move overseas, which makes it that much harder to attract uh, these businesses. Every city in America is trying to get the remaining manufacturers to move to them. So it's you know a constant battle to get the best tax incentive package, the best packages available to, to bring these jobs to town. Um, we continue to do that, but our, our Chamber of Commerce Director, uh, Mr. Toby, Toby Teeter, has also noticed that there's a definite advantage for us to just attract that knowledge-based workforce. And that's something that's a little bit easier to do and um, something that doesn't require as much investment. So it's, it's a cheap, easy win, so to speak. Um, there are a lot of people now that work uh, remotely. They just sit in a coffee shop at their house. You give them good internet, they can dial into to their company and do great work. And if we can attract those sorts of people, then 
we raise the standard of living for Joplin, we bring good jobs to Joplin, and it's a win-win for everybody. All right. We are located downtown. Uh, mm-hmm. The Globe's a proud member and a proud resident of the downtown area. Um, advocates for downtown have suggested a range of transformations and upgrades. Some of them are simple. Some of them are kind of radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your vision for downtown, and how do we get there? My vision for downtown, that is a great question, because uh, downtown's my favorite place to be, other than home. Home's good, but <laughs> if I'm not home, home good. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not home, uh, I love to be downtown. We got a good mix of businesses, entertainment options. It's just fun. Um, I love our existing architecture. The the remaining older buildings we have. Um, I was very happy to work to save 506 Virginia to make sure that we didn't have just another rebel field turned parking lot. Um, I want to continue to work to save those buildings. Uh, I see downtown Joplin becoming more diverse and more full. We've still got buildings that aren't entirely full. I think about every ground floor has is utilized at some point or another during the year. So we've got most of those initial storefronts at least have a presence in them. But they're two, three, five-story buildings. What are we going to do to fill those remaining structures? Um, spaces. That's something I'm excited to work on. I think um, we're going to see a lot more co-working spaces become available. We're going to see a lot more apartments become available because people want to live, shop, and work all in the same area. Um, The younger generations especially, uh, they're not as in love as maybe our parents or our grandparents were, speaking to someone who's 32, 33, excuse me, (laughs) Um, not as in love with the idea of commuting half an hour, an hour every day, and then doing that all over again. It's it's a lot more uh, fun and easy and less stressful to be able to have an apartment that's maybe also right next to a co-working space, right next to a coffee shop and having a grocery store maybe just being 10 minutes down the road from you. That's all going to become much more important to people going forward, and our downtown is a perfect space for that to continue to happen. So that's the way I see it going forward. Okay, how do you, how do you see your role in helping that happen? Mm, um, zoning laws, zoning code is a, is a big part of it, seeing what we can do to ease restrictions, to allow for these buildings to be used in new mixed space ways, um, allowing for more development. We have a lot of parking ordinances right now that require, you know, if you have a building that's so many square feet, you have to offer so many parking spaces. Well, that pretty much turns every building into an island, and you can't build them close together. For an area like a downtown, you want them close together. You want that that fusion to happen. So those are issues we deal with on the ordinance side. Um, I see tax incentives becoming available. We have a lot of historic state grants available. Uh, but continuing to do more of that sort of work to encourage people to to renovate these structures and to places people want to either shop in, live in, or work in. All right, all right. Uh, an issue that keeps coming up across the region in several different cities is a use tax. Carl mm-hmm. Junction is asking for one again. Neosho has asked twice. Joplin has asked for one three times over mm-hmm. the last decade. If you're elected to the council, will it be a fourth? At this point, you know, I've talked to multiple residents about this, and we've, we've asked multiple times, and the answer's always been no. And we just went to them and said, hey, can you at least give us Prop B, give us, give us that pension tax, help us get our safety officers' salaries solved. They said yes, and I'm so grateful they did. I do not feel comfortable coming back to them after that and saying, hey, I want to raise your taxes again. Um, it's not something I'm looking to push forward in this coming session. Uh, it, there's a possibility uh, 
that we will not touch it until after the 10-year period where Prop B falls away because that has a 10-year to 10 year time commitment with it. I don't want to burden people unnecessarily with, with more taxes. Um, so at this point, I'm not in favor of moving forward with a use tax. Okay. Okay. The, the use tax is uh, one of several issues that has me thinking about the will of the people, whether it's what they say or what they vote for. It's a statewide issue where huh. uh, lawmakers are trying to undo parts of an amendment that voters passed in 2018. For you personally, what kinds of issues do you feel so strongly about that you're going to vote your convictions or your conscience even when your constituents feel the opposite? Hmm. I don't think there's been a single vote I've taken where I did not vote my conscience. Um, and I think, for the most part, I hear agreement on my votes, which tells me I'm doing what the citizens of Joplin are asking us to do. Uh, one of, one of the largest issues that came to us this, this past year that caused some deal of uh, animosity and uh, general heart-searching was the Boomtown TIFF. Um, people love Menards. People want Menards to come to town. And I got quite a bit of feedback about that when I put forth, put forth the motion to say, no, we can't afford a $17 million investment at this time for, for that to go forward. And... Uh, there were some strong words said, and I know it would bring some jobs to this town, and people really wanted it. At the end of the day, my conviction was we need to take care of the people and the infrastructure we have now and make sure that our tax base continues to go towards uh, supporting salaries for our employees at the city, including our safety workers, rather than making a gamble of $17 million on something that might not pay off in the future. So. Always, okay. yeah, always vote your conscience. <laughs> okay, good deal. Um, are there any of those? Uh, are there any of those things that you think? How am I trying to ask this? Uh, are there any other issues where you're going to stick with your conscience, even when voters have voters have told you otherwise, or people have been in your ear? Hmm. Uh, and, and I'm looking for general subjects here. Right. Uh, I know, and with the city compared to like uh, state state governments or, or federal, we deal with very specific issues, yeah. um, and I haven't really come across much feedback one way or another where people don't understand the issues that we're dealing with with locally. Okay. Um, I, I try and keep my head down. Um, there's a lot that happens at the state and the federal level that I would love to have an opinion on, but that would take so much time away from the, <laughs> the number of hours it takes to actually keep track of what's going on in this town. Yeah. So I need to keep my head focused on what we're doing here and making a difference here. Okay, good deal. Well, as part of that effort of keeping your focus here, what parts of your professional or your uh, career background or any other parts of your history do you feel best prepare you for what you do on council? Mm. That's a good question because, you know, life is full of, lessons and experiences you learn in, in the weirdest places that you don't think will ever help you in the future. Um, mm -hmm. Doing six and a half years of retail work definitely prepared me for <laughs> understanding that uh, you know, the old mantra, the customer is always right, does have a ring of truth to oh, it. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, customers are horrible. I know oh. because I am one, and I'm horrible. Well, so. I love you anyway, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, just doing what's right for people, recognizing that they always have, uh, you know, issues and needs and the services or the products you offer don't always fit that, but you have to try and match it and, if not, change things. Um, retail taught me that. Um, getting a master's degree taught me a lot about uh, project management and learning how to deal with, you know, multiple 
levels of systems that all have to work together to make things happen. I mean, the city is a large organization. There's uh, some 500 employees. I think it goes to six, almost 700 when you uh, count in all the, the, the seasonal workers. There's a lot of moving parts there and being able to wrap your head around the whole thing and say, oh, we're moving in the right direction or, oh, we should talk as a group about maybe bending this to, to get us back on track. That's important. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Um, how do you use that uh, to be the voice of the entire community? Or how, how have you been the voice uh, so far on your term, and how do you continue to do that, mm-hmm. to, to speak for everybody in Joplin? Uh, great question, because that's very important. Um, it's, it's easy to get stuck inside your head and say, well, darn it, this works for me, so it's going to work for everybody. And uh, I try my best to make sure that I'm considering everyone I know and outside of that, all 50,000 people, all 250,000 people that, that come here on a daily basis. What are the, their needs? What do we have in common? What do they need that I need to help provide for them? Uh, and to, to learn that, you got to ask. So I spend a lot of time in, in, in coffee shops and other places just asking people, hey, what do, what do you see Joplin needing? And then you have to synthesize all that and say, well, here's where we need to go. Okay, move it down. Because you're on the council now, you're going to be part of the group that chooses Joplin's new city manager. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you feel about who we've had in the position and how that experience is informing your choice and helping you choose the next one. Sure. Um, The only city manager I had the privilege of working with was Sam Anselm, our our, our last who um, is now in a St. Louis suburb, I believe is where he's moved on to. Um, I met Sam actually through a, uh, a Young Professionals Network event where he was a, a speaker talking about the role of government. And I connected with him after that and just asked him some more questions. Say, hey, do you have any books or other sources I should read on, on government and how it works? And through the development of that relationship, it kind of was one of the, the catalysts that made me think, hey, this is something I should be involved with hmm. and that I should, that I should run. Um, so I enjoyed working with Sam. Um, what he taught me uh, as far as what makes a city manager work is always being available to listen, to answer that phone, to talk to uh, one of his employees, um, and, and uh, hmm. So how does your experience with Sam, Sam. inform yeah. your choice for that was the, the next other half one? Of, yeah, thank you. Cause yeah. <laughs> I forgot where we were going there. Thank yeah. you, Joe. Um, so going for, forward from there, um, I learned a lot about what it means to have vision for a community. And different managers have different styles for how they um, go forward with that. Uh, some managers are very diplomatic and they want to include everyone's opinion and find that absolute common ground and only take motion on those absolute common things. Um, other managers, uh, like Mark Rohr before Sam, have a little more had a little more singular focus. They identified key issues that they believed would make the city better, and they would go ahead and just take action on them. Um, a lot of the improvements we made to our downtown happened because Mark said, "Hey, these are things we need to do. Let's make it happen," and was willing to take those those steps. Um, so I'm 
I'm looking for someone that can kind of embody both. You know, if you can find that that Goldilocks yeah. <laughs> person, uh, that's one of the things I'm looking for. Someone who can listen to the group and say, hey, these are all the ideas we agree on. But also, hey, here's the couple issues that I see are very important. Will you give me permission to move forward with these? So that's what I'm looking for in a new manager. All right. All right. Of all the subjects and issues we've talked about and all the ones we haven't talked about, Mm -hmm. pick one as your priority. What is it and how do you work on it? We're still, I I still see the primary priority I have um, because I ran on and was expecting to be here for four years. Um, Safety salaries are still number one for me um, we're well on the way to solving those but we got some major hurdles still to overcome and I made a commitment that inside of four years I would solve it I'm halfway there uh, we've made some good progress but I want to see that solved in the next two years so that is the primary thing I want to work on in this this coming session okay if you are reelected, do you think Mayor Shaw will finally learn how to pronounce your name? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. That's my joke question. That is not fair. Anthony, thank you for coming in today. I'd like to uh, conclude by offering you the microphone for a closing statement. What would you like to tell oh, our, uh, readers? Uh, thank you, Joe. And I'll just uh, speak directly to your readers. Um, hi, neighbors. Uh, my name is Anthony Motleon, And for the past two years, it's been my honor to serve you on the Joplin City Council. When I ran in 2018, my goals were to solve our police and fire s- salary problem, promote small business development, and find a long-term solution to our city budget to get us to live within our means. Along the way, I started the conversation that saved 506 Virginia here in downtown. We've raised safety salaries and saved the city over $17 million by stopping a bad investment deal that would have harmed our ability to pay police and fire in the future. I transparently record every single vote I take for your inspection. I have the experience and proven leadership this job requires, and I'm asking for your vote on April 7th. All right. And thank you very much. I appreciate your time today, Anthony. Thank you, Joe. And that concludes this interview in our Candidate Cast series. We hope that this interview helps you make a more informed decision on Election Day, which is on April 7. More information about this race and many other elections across the region can be found at JoplinGlobe.com, all the way to Election Night and beyond. I'm Joe Hadsell, and from all of us at The Globe, thank you for listening and caring about the future of your community. Mm-hmm.